0: It's time to get it, and you know how we get it. Americano! The podcast about all things business and personal growth with your host, Eric Vonheim. Today, I would like to welcome Michael Varsieg of Varsieg Construction. Michael, how are you doing today?
1: Solid, man. Good to uh, talk to you, Mr.
0: Vonheim. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining the show. So, Varsia Construction, uh, you guys have been around Orange County for several years, since 1991, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, most recently, Orange County, since I took over the business, and that's where I live, but my my dad started in 91 mm-hmm. when uh, we lived in Whittier. That's where he still lives, and uh, kind of serviced a lot of the greater LA, Orange County area for, for all those years, so
0: excellent excellent so before we kind of talk about the business because i definitely want to dive into you know you know varsity construction the evolution of that you know uh, kind of how your dad started that business, how you came to be a part of that business because I know you're you're in you're in a uh, position today where you know that's what you do uh, and you essentially went from employee to employer and, and making that shift. but can you share with our audience a little bit about yourself, you know where you're born, you're raised, uh, just like who is Michael Varciaag?
1: Well, uh, the the easiest way to say is uh, I am. Uh, Gosh, I'm 38. I I go. I guess I'll go in reverse order. I'm I'm 38, and I've fully been doing this job um, as an employer for about three or four years, full uh, mm-hmm. time. Before that, I was a, um I was a corporate junkie, just like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in the uh, uh, gosh industry, I guess it would be easiest to uh, explain, um, uh, from college up until that point. And before that I was in college thinking I was going to be a sociology teacher. So, really? um, it, it's come a long way. Yeah. I, I was, uh, the kid of a hard working immigrant. And when you see your dad working as hard as he does, uh, literally it, every moment he can to mm-hmm. you know, earn a living for a family and to, to give us good things. Uh, he worked a full-time job as a union electrician, and then he also had a general contracting business on the side. Well, so I, I saw how hard he worked, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, that, that looks like a lot of work. I think I'm gonna go to college.
0: Yeah. What was your interpretation of it, if you don't mind me asking? So, first off, where where did your uh, your dad or your family immigrate in from?
1: My my family immigrated from Romania in 1977. Um, my parents came um, as an engaged couple separately. Um, they got engaged in Romania, and for um, for immigration purposes, it's easier to immigrate as individuals as opposed to a married couple, so they got engaged and they got um, their, um, I guess, uh, approvals company that I see separately. My mom came when she was, I think, 21 years old, engaged to a dude mm-hmm. without Instagram, without Facebook, without any social media, just letters with sticks of gum in them, <laughs> wow. sent back to my dad.
0: So she couldn't check out your months. dad's profile.
1: No, no. He I mean I don't I don't know if he was sliding uh, in the DMs while she was gone. Who knows, <laughs> man? He's been a hard worker, so yeah. um, you know, he was working on coming over to the United States during those six months with his mother. Um had an uncle. his brother was already over here and he has an insane story. He mm-hmm. escaped to Romania, um, had friends die in the process and he basically set up the foundation for my family uh, to come to, to get sponsored and to get over here one by one. Mm -hmm. And um, he just knew that the opportunities here were much better for him and my mom to raise a family here than it was in a communist country. So that's a, that's a big heavy shoe to fill when, when you know you're yourself like a child and, Mm you know, you're, um, uh, kind of exposed as like the, an immigrant child. I mean, I grew up in a heavily Hispanic community mm-hmm. and I, I feel like I had more in common with like, Hispanic kids growing up than I did with like the white kids, even though I, I looked white, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, at home we weren't eating like meatloaf and, uh, you know, Common uh, American meals. We were eating Romanian meals and like weird, funky like take home, take to school lunches. You know what I mean? So yeah. like it was it was a different experience. But I just saw how much my dad worked, mm-hmm. and um, it was always a hard thing for me to face. Like, like man, like do I have to? Like, is that what I'm gonna have to do? Like, mm-hmm. like right now I'm going to school. I'm a kid. and Everybody asks me what I want to do. Like. And I just saw how hard he worked. I'm like, man, like that seems like a really tough job. Yeah. So your and, your
0: interpretation of of watching your dad as an entrepreneur build uh, Varsity Construction was it was uh, a lot of work, a lot of hours, and yeah. I imagine some sacrifice. Yeah.
1: Because he did it as an employee and an employer um, uh, for a lot of years, and then he retired from the union and then did the construction thing, and um. You know that's kind of where I took it over, um, and I did it like for like a part-time um, period of time. And uh, my my biggest eye-opening moment was when um, I started doing it full-time, and I realized that entrepreneurship is not a part-time gig. It is not. <laughs> it is not uh, a kind of lackadaisical thing. Like I did things backwards wrong mm-hmm. gosh I, I like the I am I'm so happy I learned but I guess you know you know the things you know and you know the things you don't know but the things you don't know you don't know right uh, are, are enormous mm-hmm. and um, at that time that's exactly what I was being exposed to from the beginning was like I'm like okay I know this and I know I don't know this mm-hmm. and the thing I didn't know was the things I didn't know. I didn't know. Right. Um, and, and I think that's I part it. of
0: being an entrepreneur, right? There's, it's, it's a great unknown. There's just a lot of yeah. things you don't know yeah. and that you yeah. have to experience. You might have an idea, right? As to yeah. you know what direction you are headed, but uh, you definitely encounter some challenges along the way, and I am sure that your dad, having started that business, and you as a child seeing your father work so hard, he was navigating those wa- waters um, while you were young, yeah. and he was building this foundation.
1: Yeah, yeah, he uh, he knows a lot, um, and I, I don't even know if if I started today to ask him all the things, if I would get even a fraction. Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, the information that, that he has. Um, But I mean, he, I think this summer it'll be, I think he said 50 years doing construction in one way or another. um, He started in Romania, I think when he was 14 or 16, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's been doing it ever since. And ever since, uh, including helping me at my house today.
0: That's so fantastic.
1: So, so that's what I was working on today and yesterday, and yeah, actually working on some quotes for some customers. But um, yeah, there's there's always a, a, a plate full of something. Absolutely. You might not want to eat it, but there's a plate full of it uh, <laughs> any any time of the day.
0: There's things that we want to eat and things that we don't want to eat as a Oh yeah, certain things
1: taste a lot better than others.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: <laughs> we gotta get your vitamins, man. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> take down that uh steamed spinach or whatever what was it uh one thing that I could not eat as a kid was um, gosh, gosh. Dude, I feel like there was one many
0: of things that I couldn't eat as a child, primarily because I think that for individuals like you and I, we grew up in the, I don't know about you, uh, Michael, but I grew up in like what I feel is a steamed vegetable generation.
1: Okay. This is what it was. It was the, um, cream spinach. I couldn't eat that. Like I love spinach. I loved all vegetables. I could not eat cream spinach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's I, the I don't only thing think that I did in my mouth
1: <laughs> is, is like, I would fill up my cheeks full of it and run to the bathroom. Oh boy, I it out because <laughs> I, I'd, your... I'd have to, I'd have to clean my plate before I could get up as a kid. So, yeah. So that
0: was your exit strategy uh, out of that particular.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I yep, yeah. So, so, you know, so you have been uh, exposed in uh, around uh, entrepreneurship your entire life. Uh, your, your, your father being the, the primary role model. So let me ask you a question were there certain things that your father would impart to you either through, you know, verbal communication or just indirectly outside of it being just a lot of hard work where there's certain sort of core things or values or you know like a code of conduct that your father imparted on you or maybe even up until this point where it's sort of like you know doing good by others or loyalty or how you treat customers were there was there anything in there that you can share with the audience um, that was sort of passed on to you that gave you sort of a good foundation because obviously i know you're running that business today and you're an active participant what are some of the things that you took from a young age and that you sort of you're carrying that
1: torch today that is a good question. Um, my dad is a unique individual when it comes to that uh, kind of area. He's not a direct talker or an explainer. You kind of see what he does through it is a lot of it through osmosis, I would say, um, like in regards to his work ethic, but most of all, and and I don't know if I could say this 100%, but he is a people person. And if I got anything from him, it's probably that. Okay, how um, you, how you in- interact like, with other individuals. Relate, relate to people, be mm-hmm. personable, um, have people remember you, um, uh, have stories, don't always be like, a businessman, be right. a person, uh, be um, approachable. I mean, people to this day who are not related to me by any means call my dad Uncle Mike. And wow. I I have to refer to these customers. Uh, so these are customers uh,
0: calling, referring to your dad as Uncle Mike?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I refer to them uh, back. Like when I talk about my dad, I even call my dad Uncle Mike to them. It's it's kind of funny. Interesting, interesting. But um, you know, he, he's made relationships with people since like literally just yesterday. I was at a home of a customer who we had worked with, and it's actually the son who's now forty years old of somebody who lives around the corner from us back in the eighties when my dad lived around the corner for like our old neighbor, neighborhood, neighbor, mm-hmm. um, attorneys, you know, good people. Um, and he just always maintained those relationships. Um, well, you good was... or bad or, or like, you know, he just always kind of been there for people who need them
0: right well your dad was certainly ahead of the curve because i'm sure you're familiar with this but in business we talk about uh you know the the five to seven p's of marketing right and it and it started out with like the four p's and then went to the five and now we're up to seven well one of the um the seven p's of marketing is people and this was something that was added added later to that equation and it's basically highlighting this that uh you know people are at the core of every single business this is something i talk about with my students too which is you know, without people and taking care of people, either that be, you know, your customers or your employees, you don't have a business. But when you put people right. first, you win. Right. I always say, too, as it pertains to competition, right, you can always compete on care. You can out-care your competitors, right? And this sounds like something your dad has adopted since the very beginning.
1: Right. Right, absolutely. Um, and it's funny, Um I kind of look for those that, that, um, in people who I want to work for as well. Um, you know, work is work, but sometimes it's it's a lot better to work for people that you want to work for. Absolutely. And, you know, it's exciting to, to meet people that want you to work for them and vice versa. Um, that that, basically value you. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep. Those, I mean, those are the people that we want to answer the phone for. At the end of the day, uh, even when it's seven or nine p.m. or you know, texting you on a late on a Friday night to be there on a Monday morning, and you're just done. Just done. Let's do it. And like, you know, it, 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 it's it's what makes um, those decisions kind of really uh, uh, worth the uh, the. I guess we'll say the grind, right? Like. When, when it's Friday night, um, and you're working for an employer, and you get a phone call like after 5 p.m., you you probably slump your shoulders, and you're like, oh man, what's this? And then right. they're, t- they're telling you to do something like by Monday morning, and you're like, like, and you're thinking about it all weekend, right? But when you're an employer, and you have a good relationship with somebody that you're working with, and they hit you up late on a Friday do something Monday and you're excited to do it. Like, how else can you explain that um, what you're doing is something that you enjoy? Exactly, um, exactly. By by that uh, scenario alone. Yep. So let's talk
0: about your transition from, you know, being an employee to an employer because at some point you were working outside of the family business, correct? And then you came into the business. So let help walk us through that transition. And, you know, was it your father asking you? Was it something that you approached your father about? So, I mean, how did that come to
1: fruition? So a little bit about like the whole thing was, you know, I thought I my dad was working basically 40 hours plus whatever he was putting in additional. So they've say working 60, 75 hours a week, like my whole life. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go to college. I'm going to try and figure out this college thing. I'm going to like not break my back and I'm going to sit at an office, whatever. Like, I mean, that, that was my thought. I went to college. I was getting my degree in sociology and I dug it. My trajectory was taking me to um, to become a teacher. And I started making decent money during college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to, Go to a little bit more school and not make any money. And um, this is know, on the path
0: to become a teacher.
1: Yeah. And I was like, man, like this seems like a lot more work. And I'm already making decent money now. I'm going to chase the money. So I, uh, I, I, during college, I was working for a telecom company. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked my way up there for uh, about seven, eight years, maybe even nine years. Started off as a temp and um ended up making um I, I could say the business, I don't care. I worked at Verizon. I worked at Verizon Wireless. Okay. Um I started off in the retail stores From retail stores went to like the uh, corporate office and the corporate office I was doing like business sales and one of my business clients, kind of like this little uh I had a good relationship with them. They wanted me to work for them, managing the product I was selling them. So I was like, no brainer. That seems easy, right? Um, so I worked for them, uh, doing like program management for like their their telecom infrastructure, and um, uh, that kind of took me into like the. It was still a tech company. It was a software company, and. Um, everything was really familiar. It's a lot more relaxing, like sandals and shorts, as opposed to, uh, you know, a button up shirt and slacks every day. So it was, it was a lot nicer environment. Mm -hmm. And I got very comfortable there. Very, like it was, um, I I was being treated right. Um, the company was doing a lot of funky things. They were, uh, acquiring a lot of companies and they became acquired and then they kept acquiring other companies. So I went through a lot of like uh, instability as far as like what my work duties were uh, related to. And I wasn't digging it. And during that time period, probably within the last two years of me working there, I, uh, I asked my dad, I was like, I, I think my dad had at this point like uh, put his, um, business kind of on a um, hiatus, and I asked him like, "Hey, like, could I get the contracting license? Like, would it be possible for me too?" And so I just explored that opportunity. Okay. And it turns out that um, you know it was just an advantage to assume the business um, and the license um, since it was established in 1991. Like, rather than starting over. In, in the industry there's a, a license number that's provided and you can tell one that's been given out in 1991 versus one that's, you know, given out in 2019. So these are so number you,
0: these are numbers basically that
1: represent the license. Yeah. And, um, within like, uh, you know, the construction industry or, you know, California, uh, board of contractors, like, you, you notice it. You have to put your your number on everything, your business cards, your cars, your your everything. And so, it it was very beneficial to be able to assume the, the number that my mm-hmm. father started. So that
0: gives so, you credibility, correct? I mean, that's what it comes right, down to, right? Right.
1: And obviously, I mean, like when I, I'm I'm able to say that, and it's my my dad's part of the company. It's it's my company now, and um, that was that was a huge benefit just mm-hmm. for that factor alone, and. So I went through that process. Um, I went to school and did all the education I needed and took the test. And then I um, had the license and I kind of sat on it. I started a corporation. Okay. Um, asked me if I knew why I did or for whatever reason made me do it. I, I did it. My accountant will tell you, oh, you know my accountant. <laughs> She'll tell you, like, why'd you do this? <laughs> like, Right. I don't know. I didn't want to get sued. So <laughs> th- those are like some of the things like I didn't have like any thought basis behind it. Um, and now it, it's fine that I did it. You know, I just kind of didn't leverage some opportunities that I had at the beginning. And right. I wasn't doing it full time. I was still working full time. I'm like, well, I don't need to really pay attention to this that much because I'm, I'm, I still have a job. Yeah. And that probably, um, was a difficult transition for me, at least at, first so i'm like well i have a job i don't need to do this full time and
0: um now was your dad you know, uh, Now, just to kind of sort of add some uh, some context is, what was your dad's thought about this so you're you're working at verizon you're you're thinking ah, maybe i should do this you invest some time to get the uh you know to acquire the knowledge that you need the proper you know sort of licenses and you want to get involved with the business what was your dad uh you know where was he at in this equation was he excited about it was he an advocate? Was he cautioning you? Because you're already working for yeah. a company, right? So what was his perspective as you came into the business? I don't think he gave me, like, pressure
1: or um, any type of, um, uh, I mean, I think he, obviously, I like, could tell that he supported it, but he didn't, um, like, lean on me to, you know, say that's what I had to do. And he kind of, um cheered me on to do it and kind okay. of, um, you know, advocated for it and he was there for when I needed him and still is. Um, one thing that, um, you know, he's always like, Oh, you, you can do this and kind of like just telling me like opportunities to like, you know, Im- improve the business. And he he thinks a little bit differently than me, um, because he is a doer. Okay. Um, and I come from a like a corporate background, not a blue collar background, right. and where I can um and kind of benefit from some of that stuff um for my construction business um I I feel like together my dad and I make a very good um complimentary type of uh, team. Right. Just because he lacks a lot of formality and um, I guess uh, not technical, but like maybe some of the business acumen. Exactly. And um, that's what I've been trying to figure out. How how can I, well, that's my dog. Honey, about that. Um, so, if it, 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 that has been like a struggle, but mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've had those conversations with him, and he, I mean, he knows that. Like, he, I mean, as a kid, like I would have to like write the business quotes because he spoke English as a second language. Like, he, right. he I mean, it's, and that's he has not an uncommon. Accent.
0: That's not uncommon in, in, in an immigrant family situation, right? right. So,
1: yeah, I, yeah, it, it isn't.
0: Yeah, I actually and, have some and, and, students in that same position that where we have conversations. In fact, I had one recently where uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, this father primarily speaks Spanish, and obviously he speaks right. Spanish and English, and he interacts with his son to field questions on how do I respond to this, and the son then will write the response, right. the text or the quote. So it's a very similar situation to what you're describing. And,
1: and that's kind of like where the business didn't, um, I mean, there, there is so much work out there for people that, um, don't rely on that kind of stuff and it's out there and it's for you to get, but it's very competitive. Right. Um, and what I have kind of been trying to transition into, I'm like, well, let's get some of this, like more, like. Like business acumen work, like like the work that you know requires a little bit more, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess like contractual type of work, yeah. transactional more type process, of work. more Top, paperwork, larger projects. Yeah, right? and you know, like it, you know, there, there's a big liability in construction, and um, there's also a a fine line between people who dabble in it. Uh, Exclusively, and people that like stay away from it exclusively. Like, um, and my dad always. I mean, my dad never got in a position where he was sued. Luckily, but you never know. And I, I've been exposed to other types of um, uh, types of construction projects where if you mess up, like you will be sued, and like they will sue you royally. And um I think that speaks to that
0: your father's character though. Right. Because I mean, earlier you talked about the fact that he cares about his right, customers. Right. And yeah, my guess is because of that care component and that relationship focus before right. business, he's put himself in a great position never to have any yeah. sort of legal issues over, you know, since 1991. Right. That's, that's
1: remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um but, um, I like so he operates really, really well, like in a homeowner um, and um, kind of like a B two C like a situation, right? Business to consumer um, uh, transaction, and he is flawlesser. I could almost say. And one area of business that I've been trying to pursue is a little bit more of like a B2B or like a business to municipality type of um, scenario. And those are the scary ones where I was telling you right. like, yeah, if you mess up, you're going to get sued. Like if you're not insured properly and, you know, like comes on the job site. Exactly. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a huge liability in those, but there's also like huge upside as well. And so that's kind of like the angle that I've been trying to kind of take what I'm learning from my dad and like hoping to like kind of like expand that way. And then also kind of like the, um, the scenarios that you and I have spoken about, about, uh, in regards to like expanding business and and things like that. Like, how are you going to get it done? Like, like, where do you want to focus your business? And right now we're kind of like 50, 50 or maybe like 60, 40, um, focusing on business to consumer and like business to business type of, um, uh, projects
0: right now. So what are some tips that you would give to people either in the construction industry today or somebody that's a young entrepreneur that's considering getting into your industry. What are some maybe three key things that you would recommend that they consider or, or take into consideration before they begin uh, down this path, um, or just take into consideration because they're already doing it?
1: Ah, man! I think just it's, it's a plunge, and you're never quite um. I mean, it's, it's one plunge after another. It's, you know, there shouldn't be a total comfort, I guess. Um, cause I think there's always room to change and expand and, uh, be used to making changes. And I think I'm probably guilty of like trying to be comfortable sometimes. And, um, you know, you have to like keep doing, um, Whatever it is, it, 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 there's a, probably a voice in the back of your head. The reason why you started was because of, you know, your inner monologue telling you, like, you you can do it. Right. Um, and, and pulling the trigger on it is that first plunge. And then, you know. Uh,
0: so, so so step number one or tip number one is take the pledge. Don't be afraid to take the don't
1: plunge. Don't be afraid. Um, If you're, if you're afraid of failure, you're, you're, you're not going to let it happen. Um, or you're, you're more inclined not to make it happen. I mean, failure is common and it's typical. You can make a mistake that costs you a lot of money. And that's kind of like what keeps you out of the game, um, is losing money and trying to, you know, you know, navigate that kind of, um, scenario, um, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people that are in the business or trying to get in the business have in one way, shape or form already been in it, like as an employee and right. they probably in order to get your, your license, you have to have a certain amount of, uh, signed off work. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're already doing it and, um, what about say, the
0: person that's considering getting into the industry? You, you think those are people that already have some experience to begin? Begin
1: well, like oh, in, in the in the industry, um, or, or like starting to be like wanting to be like a general contractor themselves, right? So if so you want to be in the industry, like start off small, like, like get an apprenticeship somewhere. Uh, you know, everybody's always looking for good labor. I mean, you might be holding a sign or pushing a broom at first, but. Eventually, you're gonna get a tool pouch on and start working on things. Um, So acquire some skills.
0: Essentially, acquire some skills.
1: Yeah, acquire some skills. Um, Don't be afraid of messing up, because you're gonna. Um, And uh, pick someone's brain. Have somebody to talk to. Um, That always helps. Having Um, a mentor, right? Somebody has been there before you. Um, I remember talking to somebody and it wasn't the literally the fake it. So you make it scenario, but say yes and learn. Like you, you can mess up if, if, if you have to, but if, if you say no, then you don't get that opportunity. If you say yes and learn, you're, you're probably going to try and, and make it happen. Um, don't try to build a skyscraper as your first project, but, You know, if somebody needs something to get done, like, say yes and figure it out, watch a YouTube video. I mean, I haven't watched too many YouTube videos for your instruction, but I'm sure there's some out there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure uh, there
0: are many. How to build a fence in 24 hours would be the one. Right,
1: I mean, like, start off with that. I mean, uh, there's there's all kinds of (laughs) opportunities out there. I I guess maybe for me and my dad, like, nothing seemed impossible. Right. like like to do and uh jenny always is like how'd you know how to do that i'm like i don't know you just that's how you do it i go yeah i don't know how you know how to do it that's just how you do
0: it i love it um so i think it's is is it fair to summarize it by saying you know if there was three things number one Take the plunge. You know whether you're you're in the industry or you're considering getting in the industry. Just take the plunge and do it. Don't be afraid of fear. And number two, yeah, make sure to acquire the skills that are necessary for the task at hand. And number three, yeah. say yes and learn. Say yes say and yes. learn, okay. which is going to open up those opportunities. Yeah, fantastic. So I want to now ask you a few random questions. All right, that I like to ask some of my guests. And we'll just go down the list here. So the first one is, if you only had one country left to visit in the world, what country would it be and why?
1: One country. Here we go. Um, this is good. One country. Okay, I'm, I'm going through hemispheres right now. And I'm, I'm kind of aiming towards southern uh, hemisphere right now because I've, I've lived my whole life in the northern let's go with Argentina because they have cowboys they have meat and they have beautiful beaches I think or maybe not um hey, yeah I'm gonna, go, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go Argentina
0: Argentina because of the cowboys beach and meat Yeah, this
1: was a really good barbecue. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is fantastic. Okay, second question. What is your favorite book and
1: why? Favorite book? That's a good question. Um, I'm not much of a reader, so this would have to go, gosh, way back in the day or what I'm currently reading right now, which is Markup and Profit on uh, construction.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Hey, it's uh, specific to your industry, so we'll take it. It is. It is. Okay, and next question, describe the last random act of kindness you did in your daily life and how it made you feel.
1: You know, it wasn't necessarily the last random act of kindness, but it was random how it happened. I got approached by somebody uh, in front of Ralph from the ASPCA about uh, becoming a member. And um, I've always wanted to take care of animals I have an animal. I've always been raised with them and I uh, decided to become a monthly contributing member and uh, I've been happy about that decision because, uh, you know, something I'm proud of.
0: Absolutely. That's fantastic. The fur babies need love too. They sure do. And lastly, where can people find you online?
1: My email, michael.varciag.com. That's about as hecky as we get. We're, we're on our way. We're going to get, uh, turn up media to, uh, amplify our brand soon.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being a part of our show, Michael. We really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much.